Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. I just want to invite you to take a moment right now in your own words and just thank Him for the blood. Thank you for that blood transfusion that you received that changed your life. Come on, man. Let's just thank Him for it. The freedom, the power, life that's in the blood is truly life-changing. God, we just stand in Your presence, Holy King, Holy King. And just all over this house, God, I just pray that You would just move upon every heart, open every mind, remove every obstacle, every barrier, heal the brokenhearted, give joy where there's mourning, oh God break off confusion, attacks of the enemy. Just let freedom reign in this house, O oh God. Bring us in alignment with the light of Your Word. It is true. It is faithful. Let's fix our gaze upon You. Just pray, God, that Lord, in this house this morning that we just become truly open vessels for You to speak into, to work in to let Your Word encourage, to let it instruct, to let it guide, to let it correct. And God, let Your Word even rebuke in each one of us where we need it that brings us in place in alignment with You, God. We just give You our yes, Lord. We give You our yes. Have Your way. Holy Spirit, we embrace You. Give You glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're gonna, I'm going to read just a little bit here in a moment out of Acts chapter 2 and then going to read out Acts chapter 19 and then I'm going to share a whole lot of uh, word with you today uh, in different, and I'm gonna make, but I'm going to make references to a lot of scriptures. I'll, I'll quote them but not take time turning to them. And so if you've got a notepad and pen to make reference so that you can go study, then that would be a very, very good idea. Uh, how many of you just believe in God's Word? Last week I preached a message about um, having faith over feeling. And uh, I kind of just want to jump off of that real quick and say this. Um, our feelings are real and they're deep, right? I have a lot of feelings. Um, I have a lot of life experiences, It's more natural for me to let my feelings and my life experience govern my faith than to let my faith govern my feelings and my life experiences. So I have to be very intentional of stepping into faith over feelings because when I get in faith and I get in God's Word and I find His will, then His will will bring my feelings, come on, and everything else in alignment with it. And so I want to come out of that, and I'm going to begin to speak over the next uh, six to eight weeks or so. I know, like I said, Miss Rhonda is going to be uh, preaching next Sunday, so I'll jump in after that. But I want to I want to talk about and stay with me here because it's going to be different than what it sounds like. But I want to begin to talk to you about living a supernatural lifestyle. Like, what does it mean as a child of God to live a supernatural lifestyle? 
So we're going to dig in. I'm going to share just a few thoughts on this today. Uh, we'll end up in, in, a, in a week or two uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, a little bit of 11 and then chapter 12 and 13 and 14. And we'll begin to break these, uh, this scripture down as a church uh, and hear what God has to say about how to, how to walk and how to represent Him and how to truly live in this manner. But before I get started, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> nothing, nothing more will happen in public than what happens in private. You got me? So I, I'm going to be talking about truly living a supernatural lifestyle. And I just want to drop this in here because this is so important. Because this is ultimately what everything flows out of. And this is our desire uh, to be with Him in this way. But truly, truly, truly understanding that nothing more will ever happen out of our life in public than what happens in private. So when we're talking about a supernatural lifestyle, the aim isn't to do more for Him. The aim is to become more like Him. And you'll never become more like Him than you do in private. Amen? So everything we're going to talk about over the next eight weeks or so is going to push us into the closet with Him. Okay? Alright, so here we go. <clears throat> I thought about titling this like, Living Like Jesus, um, Representing Jesus, Duplicating Jesus. But I just come down to just living in the supernatural. Because ultimately, if we're looking like Him, we're living, it's supernatural. Um... But people struggle with the word supernatural. And the church has struggled with the word supernatural. Yet we live in a whole culture that's hungry for the supernatural. They're just, they're, they're just seeking it in the wrong way. Right? So there's something inside of us that is drawn to the supernatural, to God. But without God, again, everyone's trying to go after this substitute so they're in all of this junk and New Age stuff and blah, blah, blah. But, but there's a struggle with this word, so I didn't want to, I wanted to leave it in here. I want us to hit it. I want us to go after it. So, so, there, so there's a reality here. Let me, let me get going. Everything about God and His kingdom is supernatural. Creation is supernatural. Every time, every time a child is born, it's supernatural. It's amazing to me. How does that happen? How our bodies heal is supernatural. I thought I was going to have a deformed thumb and it was going to go all crazy, had stuff going everywhere. They just kind of pushed it down and then wrapped it up. I'm like, that's not going to work. And they're like, it'll all go back together. Here I am two and a half weeks later. I'm amazed. It's supernatural how God made our bodies to heal. Everything about God is supernatural. And then we learn in, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 45, Paul says... My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And we know this because this is familiar to us. In Acts 1.8 it says, You shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, What is that? That's power beyond your own. That's a supernatural anointing and giftings and an operation that flows in and through your life that you would not have outside of His presence inside of you. It's His power. That's supernatural, guys. Uh, Mark 16, 17, and 18. And, 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 uh, that, I'll probably, maybe I'll come back and spend more time on this one, but watch. 
And these signs will, will follow those who believe. And in my name they'll cast out demons and they'll speak with new tongues and they'll take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them and they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus' ministry was supernatural. And then in John 14 and 12 it says, Most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Isn't that powerful? And when you look at this verse and you really read it and what it's saying it's saying that that, that living and, and, and having the supernatural activity of God operating in your life and through you, when you read John 14 and 12, that it's not limited to a title. It's not, it's not limited to a position. It's not limited to specific gifting. But the Scripture says, but to all who believe in Him, these things will follow. Come on, somebody. Now, some people are going to have to figure out what to do with that. Because we're either going to believe in all the Word or we're not going to believe in the Word. And I want to believe in the Word. So there's this calling. And again, we're going to dig in. We're going to, we're going to look at what this lifestyle really, really means. Let me, let me just dig in here real quick. Uh, look in Acts chapter 2. Did you guys turn there? And uh, go to verse 40, not, uh, verse 40. Acts 2 and 40. <coughs> Amen. Look at this. You there? Acts 2 and 40. Look at this. See if you can recognize supernatural in this. Acts 2.40 And with many other words, He testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received His word were baptized um, all, that, all that day. About 3,000 souls 3,000 more came into the kingdom that day. And then look at verse 42. It says, so here, so I, Lord knows how many believers were already there. Now 3,000 more people come in and join. That's a lot of people. And then you get into uh, verse 42 and watch this. And then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. They were living in koinonia, in a supernatural relationship. People just came in. They just got saved. They gave their heart to the Lord. And the church was growing. And then in that, there's a supernatural awakening and heart change and a dying of the flesh where they stayed consistent in receiving of the preaching and the teaching of the apostles. And they lived in unity with one another. Come on, someone. And they stayed in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in praying together. In verse 43 says, And then the fear come upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. When all the people are together and have all things in common, that's supernatural. 
The supernatural isn't limited to the laying on of the hands and someone that's really sick being healed. One of the greatest activities uh, in the supernatural in the church is that we remain in Him and He remains in us and everyone has all things in common and there's a unity. That's supernatural. Okay, where was I? Verse 45. So much so that they sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as anyone has need. It's like, Rodney, what I have is yours. What you have is mine. Let's trade trucks. I think that's what it's saying right here. I'll just have you pray about it. I don't really feel like I need to pray about that, but you pray about it and you hear the voice of the Lord. But can you see what's happening here? This was the birth of the church at the very beginning. And, and, and this supernatural activity and love and unity that's being rooted in this, this selfishness and the faith that was being elevated over feelings and everything incorporated together. And then you dig in later, and then the signs and the wonders begin to accompany them after that. Come on. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Isn't that amazing? Now go to Acts chapter 19. <coughs> and then we'll dig in here just a little bit and I'll share some thoughts with you. Acts chapter 19. Now you got it? Acts 19, go to verse 11. Acts 19 and 11. Let's read together. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant uh, Jews, Jewish exorcists, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we, um, we exercise, exercise you by the, by, the, by, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now watch this. And also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Come on guys. Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. Never mind. So that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks uh, dwelling in Ephesus. And the fear of the Lord fell on them all. In the name of the Lord, Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic, they brought their books together. They, they burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up all the value of them, and it, and it, and it uh, uh, totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the Word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. This is Jesus being glorified through, the, through miracles, guys. And I love this because if you go back, this is one of the most important things that you're going to see. When you, when you begin to 
think about living in a supernatural lifestyle where you're truly walking hand in hand with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, man. Where He, he is fully functioning in you and through you in all that you do. But when you come back to this one verse, guys, this is, this is kind of the foundation of it all because it says in 1911, now God worked. Everybody say God worked. Everybody say God worked. Who's going to do it? God's going to do it. Man's not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Come on. God is going to do it. Anything and everything that has ever happened good in my life, God did it. He did it. It's His power, guys. Our responsibility is to come in full submission to Him and be open vessels for Him to flow through. Amen? And God did I don't even have time to talk about the unusual things today, but let me tell you what, church. Let's not be a church that limits God because something's unusual. Let's be a church that'll believe and desire and hope for more unusual things that'll happen. Come on. Most people in churches today would absolutely just throw a fit at the very thought of a handkerchief carrying an anointing. Paul walked in such a level of intimacy and, and lack and death of His flesh, and in the Spirit, so full of God, so full of the presence of the Holy Spirit, living everything that He did. Everything He did was for the King. Everything that He did, come on, it was for the Kingdom of God. It was His aim. It was nothing about His flesh, His feelings, His thoughts, and His desire. He was willing to die. Come on, somebody. He walked in such evidence and such intimacy with the Lord that there was such an anointing on His life that the things that He would wear that would be taken off of Him, that, that would, would, would be taken to someone that was sick, and then, them just putting that in their hand, diseases left their bodies. But you got to understand, it wasn't Paul. God did unusual miracles. But listen, who did He do them through? Through the hands of Paul. It's always God, and God's always chosen to work through His vessels. Isn't that powerful? Living a supernatural lifestyle. Let's move on. Okay. I usually have three pages of notes. Today I have six. So I'm going to go fast. Can we just agree together that His power is supernatural? Come on, somebody. Uh, now, the purpose is always for us to be His witness. Everything that God does is for us, in and through us, is for us to be His witness. And it's twofold, and we're going to camp right here for just a minute. It's for, it's for purity, and it's for power. It's for gifts, it's for the gifts, and it's for holiness. Everybody say purity, and say power. So when, when, when we're... When, when you even hear the word supernatural or people begin to think or teach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues or prophecy or the laying on of hands and you know we, 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 we have that whole realm that is there. And, uh, but I, I need you to understand today that we're not, we're not just talking about the gifts. We're not talking about just the supernatural activity that God can, can do in us through our hands. We're talking about our life. 
We're talking about how we live every day. We're talking about what we're feeding on. Come on, we're talking about our desires. We're talking about what we're longing for. We're talking about the things that we truly want to see in the release of the kingdom of God. And so when we're looking at this, and we're looking at the the birth of the church from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and how they lived in unity, how there was such a such a level of selflessness and how they lived among one another. Come on, man. And the goal and everything they was was to be a witness and for the glory of God to be released out of their life. And so when we're looking at this, we're talking about how His power is supernatural. Come on, guys. We need to understand that in that power, the purpose is for us to be His witness and that purpose is always twofold. And it is purity and it's power. It's not just power and it's not just purity. And for so many years, the church had two different camps. And we had a camp of power and power and power and God. And the focus, if, if, if the focus is on power without purity, the focus always ends up being on you and not on God. Then we have a whole nother camp because, because the power of God is supernatural because someone might carry such a heavy anointing of God that their clothes are saturated with glory where someone in the church might bump up to them and supernaturally get healed. And we don't know how to explain that. So then since we don't know how to explain the supernatural, let's make sure nothing supernatural happens. Let's just focus on holiness because we know God wants us holy. And what you need to understand when you look at the supernatural, there's two parts of it. It is power and it's purity. It's gifts and it's holiness. The way that I like to tell people to think of it is, is it's two wings. Like two wings of a dove. One of the wings is power and one of the wings is purity. It's holiness. And without a pursuit of both of them, if you just have one wing, all you're going to be doing is flying in circles all the time. If your whole emphasis is on what God can do through you and the supernatural activity and the signs and wonders and manifestations and you think you can live the way that the world lives, one, you're not going to have any anointing on you. Two, you're just going to go in circles the whole time. But there's a whole other realm that if you just focus on the purity and the holiness without obedience and being a vessel for God to move through, you miss the whole calling to be a witness and for Him to, 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 to do unusual miracles through your hands. Come on, someone. Everybody good? So God, purity. Everybody say purity and power. I'm going to focus probably more on purity today, but I, we need to understand this. Amen? Um, so here's the foundation when we're talking about (coughs) not just something that we do or maybe how God moved one week at camp which I'm so thankful for that I'm thankful for different conferences or or different times and seasons where God moves in a way that just kind of like picks us up and moves us forward come on man you know it just kind of like like he just breathes on us and he fans into flame you know like we need those things but guys I'm not I'm not talking about moments I'm not talking about experiences today I'm talking about a lifestyle I'm talking about a lifestyle of getting up and going to work and, 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 and walking in purity and in power. Come on, man. 
Like, like it being the evidence, the witness of our life in everything that we do. And, and it's all about His presence. He is supernatural. So when we, when we, when we embrace His presence in private, everything changes. Everything changes. Let, let me say this real quick. All, all of us have in here have seen God do some amazing things in the supernatural, haven't we? I've seen people healed. I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, women that couldn't get pregnant that we prayed over that become pregnant. I've seen people and prayed for people on, on life support that they were basically doctors begging the family to let them, let them take them off life support, that, that, they, that they weren't there, that the machine was doing all the breathing. Three different occasions went in in, that, in those last moments and prayed. And all of them within hours, two of them right there that very moment, begin to move fingers. One opened up their eyes, one wiggled their leg. Come on, miraculous things. So we're talking about this, but I just want to say, for me personally, I don't believe that there's anything more supernatural than the, than the ability to live in intimacy with Jesus. Come on. Like I'm like, yay God, bring on the signs, the wonders, the unusual. Let's see healings, miracles, deliverance. Come on, demons cast out. But I'm like, man, man, the, the, the greatest, the greatest thing that I feel like that we're longing after in, in this supernatural lifestyle is to see a church body that's living in complete intimacy with Jesus. That's supernatural, man. Hearing His voice. Like just desiring to be with them all the time. Walking in such a level of love that your love is what's guiding you in obedience. Now, all of a sudden, your desires begin to change. And things that you listen to, you don't want to listen to anymore. Things that you used to watch now are just like, you know, it's like maybe they wasn't horrible, but they wasn't good. Come on, man. All of a sudden, things just begin to change in you because the only thing that you want to do is be with Him. That's, that's, that's supernatural. Amen? All right. Um, I'm just going to read this and, and you guys can look it up later. I'm going to give you the text. But um, I, lo I love what Paul said in Ephesians uh, regarding praying for the church. And he says in, in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Come on, somebody. His supernatural power manifested in and through our lives. Like, God, God gives us the spirit of revelation. God, give it to us. I pray today as like Paul was praying. God, give us spirit of revelation to this church. Give us spirit of revelation and a knowledge of You, God. 
Lord, give a spirit of revelation and a knowledge of you. God, awaken your church. Awaken your bride to the hour that we are in. God, give a spirit of revelation and a hunger and a desire for the knowledge of you, God. Guys, the church needs awakening to the power of God and the supernatural lifestyle that He's called to us. Too much of the church is living in everyday life just trying to figure out what they can do to stay saved. How much sin can I get myself in? And how much, how much, how much can I be disobedient and still be able to get to heaven if Jesus came today? And we're missing the whole picture of all that God has for us. And the supernatural anointing. God, give the spirit of revelation and a hunger for understanding, God, of who You are in Your heart for us, God. Break off the spirit of compromise off of Your church around the world, God. Awaken Your sons and daughters, God, to be the warriors that You've called them to bring up. God, bring them back to the place of prayer, God. Bring them back to a hunger for Your Word, God. Bring them back to a place where they humble themselves before You and they allow their flesh to die, God. Nothing about this journey, guys, is about you. Everything from here on out is about God and it's about His kingdom. He's such a good Father that He allows us to enjoy the journey. But we've made it all about us and how far can I drag God along with me? Come on, guys. Then the church just becomes a, just a place of fellowship until you get mad. I'm just like, God, give me three hungry people. Just give me three hungry people, God. Just give me five hungry people, God. Give me ten people that are just willing to die to their flesh and be sold out, God. Come on. Lord, just give us 50 people. Give me 50 people, God, that are just willing to say, have your way in me. Come on. I'm willing to live for you, God. Purity and power. Purity and power. I'll, let my, I'll allow my flesh to die to every level that it needs to die to walk in holiness for you so that power can be released. I talked about the two wings of the dove and let me just help someone out just real quick. Let me tell you something. The first wing is purity because without purity there will be no power. Now He may use you once or twice like He did the donkey and your, and your gifting sometimes just might be good enough that you can ride that wave a little bit. But I'm here to tell you, today God is calling the church to a place of purity and holiness because there's not going to be any power or any anointing without it. And it's only the anointing that can, that can break the yoke. So I don't care how well you can preach. I don't have, care how well you can teach. I don't care how well you can play that instrument or sing the song or do anything. I'm here to tell you guys, if it is not coming out of a place of purity, it is not going to have any power on it. And I'm not, even, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about sin. I'm talking about the posture of your heart. I'm here to tell you, God is wanting to break off the spirit of offense and hurt and bitterness and anger and junk and selfishness that you've held on to because it's restricting the anointing on your life and your gifting has only carried you so far and now it's stopped. And it's so good because God loves you so much. That He's awakening it into you because He wants you to live a supernatural lifestyle. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? Everybody say purity and power. Okay. I want to talk about uh, 
I'm going to talk about just a few challenges um, of living out a supernatural lifestyle. You guys good? <clears throat> I'm gonna, and I'm just going to bump through these. <clears throat> but, but we're here. God's got us to this place. We know what our desire is. But I, I want to talk about I want to talk about the challenges to just living full of God. Living in a supernatural lifestyle of purity and holiness and power. And uh, so number one, number one, I'm just going to bump this real quick. You guys good? All right. Number one challenge to living out a supernatural lifestyle. Criticism and opposition. Criticism and opposition. Thought about this? This weekend, I've preached the gospel since June of 1998, Father's Day. Father's Day, June of 1998. That means this past month, June, I preached the gospel for 25 years. One thing I've learned is I can preach on sin, and I can preach on holiness, and I can preach on the attributes of God. And I can preach on the love of God. And I can preach on heaven. And I can preach on the blessing of, or, 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 or blessing of heaven. And I can preach on hell. But in these 25 years of ministry, I've come to understand that never do you encounter more warfare and opposition than when you preach on a supernatural lifestyle and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In all my years of ministry, there's never been a sermon that I've ever preached, a series that we've ever taught on on Wednesday nights, that will awaken criticism and opposition and pushback than supernatural giftings of the Holy Spirit. You good? A spirit of religion will always be agitated by the demonstration of God's power. Most of Jesus' ministry was in conflict with religious people. I'll just, I mean, I don't even have to give it to you. Just read, read the Scripture. Read the New Testament. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And then go back and read it again. And then read it again. Read it ten times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Get a picture of how Jesus lived. And then get a picture of how the church lived. And then let's ask ourselves, is that what I'm living? When's someone going to walk through the door, hold up their Bible, and say, how come the church doesn't live like this? That, well, I sounded kind of harsh. I kind of, but I think it's true. It's true of me. So y'all can just pray for me. I'm sure y'all, you guys are all good. But again, Jesus, Matthew 12, 13, 14, Mark 6, 2 and 3, John 11, 45 and 47. I mean, you can go on and on and on throughout the Gospels. Let me just share with you something. But you'll be, you'll be, you'll be, tolerated. You'll be tolerated by the religious majority when you feed the poor and when you clothe the naked and you care for the widows and etc. And all of which are so, so, so absolutely important and part of the kingdom of God that we should be doing. But when you start casting out demons and you start operating in the gifts of prophecy and living out a supernatural lifestyle and operating in the power and gifts of Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you're going to be in for a battle. Well, how many of you are ready for a battle? I need to know if I got five. I need to know if I got ten. I kind of just need to know. How many of you are ready for a battle? The rest of you probably ought to brace yourself then. Come on, God. Amen? Why is there such a battle? Because man doesn't trust God. Fear, power, control. It's uncomfortable because it's supernatural. 
We want to be able to explain things. I'm just going to drop this in here. I, 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 truly, I truly do believe that too many congregations have become so, so accustomed to functioning without the power of the Holy Spirit that when He shows up, they become fearful and critical. And then we end up shutting Him down. Now, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen here. I don't know about you, but I desire a kingdom culture that's filled with supernatural experiences. I'm going to say again, that way you know where your pastor's going. I, I desire a kingdom culture that is filled with supernatural experiences. Purity and power. Purity and power. Lives fully, fully transformed and operating in the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Purity and power. Amen. Here's the bottom line. If we're going to live like Jesus, then we've got to be willing to go through some opposition. Amen? Because Jesus' lifestyle created conflict. <laughs> Come on. Jesus' lifestyle, everywhere he, everywhere he went, it created conflict. And it was a supernatural lifestyle. So number one, challenge to living out a supernatural lifestyle is criticism and opposition. You guys ready? Number two? The second challenge to living out a supernatural lifestyle is that it's not easy to sustain. <coughs> Come on. It's just not easy to sustain. Why? Well, I'm just going to drop a word in here. I, there's, and there's, there's many reasons why it's not easy to sustain. I'm just going to give you what I felt like the Lord gave me. But when I, re- when I really looked down on it, I was looking at fruit. I was looking at different things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, then, but when it really came down to it, I felt like the number one thing was pride. When it comes down to it, it's not easy to sustain because we, we deal with pride. Pride is all about the flesh. It's all about ourselves. So we'll begin to live in a supernatural lifestyle then all of a sudden everything becomes about me. It comes about my feelings, my emotions, what I like, what I don't like, what did happen, what didn't happen, what I don't understand. And, and all of these different things begin to play into it. Amen? And then, and then, and then here, here's probably one of, the, one of the things that we see a lot of times that have happened as well. And what, why I feel like this word pride came up is because it, 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 I'm telling you, a supernatural lifestyle is hard to, hard to sustain. Um, if you're not mature enough to keep your eyes on Jesus, the attention will lead to arrogance. Come on. We've all seen this. We've all seen that with people that we know, uh, nationwide speakers or prophetic people or pastors or, or whatever that it is. You know, we, 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 we've all seen it. But this is true. This is true personally, and it's true corporately. The more God, the more God does in a church, man. The more, the more things begin to happen. Well, well so all of a sudden, these testimonies become more about us as a church than they become about God. And all of a sudden, the the, the whole focus of it, and then you can't sustain it that way because everything that we do, it is. Remember Acts eighteen or eleven or one or whatever that God did. Not Paul, God did. Through the hands of Paul, everything good that happens in this church is God. Everything that we do is to point to God. Every worship song, every worship service, every sermon, every class, every outreach ministry, it is all for God. He is the source behind every ounce of it if there's any power behind it. Come on, someone. 
But it can be hard to sustain this supernatural lifestyle. All of a sudden, you start stepping into it. You get obedient. You start living in purity. God starts showing up in power. You start stepping into more holiness and purity. And then God starts releasing more power. Then all of a sudden, man, you're just hearing God like this. You're walking in and you're going into the store. You're getting a word from someone. You got a word of knowledge for someone. God gives you spirit of revelation about something. Come on, man. All of a sudden, He gives you a prophetic word over someone. You go release it. And it's a confirmation of what God gave them in private. You begin to interpret a dream. You begin to go to someone. You find out they're sick. You lay hands on them. That very moment, they just begin to arise in healing and all these things. And I'm telling you, one of the number one things that makes it difficult to sustain a supernatural lifestyle is it not, is it not becoming about you. Amen? So I'm just dropping these things in there for us to be watching for and be looking for. But the supernatural should always point people to Jesus and not to us. Amen? Everything Jesus did was to glorify the Father. Everything. Every single thing Jesus did on earth was to glorify the Father. How about we do that? Every outreach that we do is to glorify the Father. Every ministry in this church is to glorify the Father. It all belongs to Him. Praise God that He does it through our hands. Amen? But it is all to, 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 to glorify and to bring glory to the Father. Amen? Everybody say, stay humble. All right, let me drop this on you. Ready? The third challenge of living out a supernatural lifestyle is it requires steward, stewarding. So you've got criticism and opposition. You've got, uh, it's not easy to sustain because our flesh gets in the way, pride, whatever maybe. And then thirdly is, uh, is that it requires stewarding. We're going to talk about this just a little bit, but <coughs> I'm, when I'm, I need to make sure you get this. I'm, I'm going to be preaching for weeks on living a supernatural lifestyle. We're, we're going to get in and we're going, to, we're going to learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn what the Word of God says about it. We're going to, we're going to tip into and jump right into, again, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. It's going to be good. I'm excited for it. Amen. The religious spirit will stick his head out. There will be opposition, but we're going to press through it because the truth is worth it. Come on, someone. We're going there. We're just going to hear what God has to say. We're going to give Him our yes. We're going to let Him to teach us. We're going to pray as Paul prayed for the spirit of revelation and that we would have an understanding for the heart of God. Come on. All those different things. But I need to make sure that we understand in all of that, we're not to chase after miracles. We are not to chase after signs and wonders. We, we, are, we, are, we are to chase after Jesus. Period. Amen? We're to be hungry people. But as we're hungry people that are chasing after Jesus, the more we're chasing after Him, the more we're becoming like Him, the more our flesh is dying, the more we begin to walk in purity and power because He's our source of life. Come on. He's what we're filling ourselves up with. All of a sudden, come on, that purity and that holiness will begin to take root inside of you. Your desires and passions and things are going to change. Your heart's going to begin to get healthy. Come on. Because you're going to begin to love the way that He loves. Forgive the way that he forgives. Mercy and grace is going to begin to rest upon you. You're going to begin to let things go. All of a sudden your eyes, your spiritual eyes are going to be open and begin to see things and people differently. And then the power is going to come right alongside of that. Come on somebody. Purity and power. Purity and power. 
This stuff requires stewarding. It's chasing after Jesus. It's being hungry. And like, 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 like we, we ha- again, we, we have to learn that a, a powerful public ministry only comes through an intimate relationship with Jesus in private. We have to be healthy. So come, I know. I don't have a problem. Do you guys have a problem honoring people that God uses? Does anyone ever have a problem honoring someone that God uses? You need to ask yourself that. And you need to, you need to talk to Jesus about it if you do. Because the anointing flows through honor. God did through the hands of Paul. God did through the hands of Paul. See, it's understanding that if anything good in the supernatural is going gonna, is gonna to come out of Lucas, it's going to be God doing it through the hands of Lucas. I know that and I honor God through every good thing that we see and everything in the supernatural. It's really, but watch this. We've got to learn how to steward the supernatural. But one thing that you'll learn is, is you, you, we've all seen it. We've got people that are hot and people that are cold. People that are hot, people that are cold. We're hot one moment. We may be good for a week, two weeks, a month, three months, six months. You may even go a whole year. And then all of a sudden, here we are. Bam, we're like this all the way over. But when you see someone that is being able to steward and maintain a supernatural lifestyle, my goodness gracious, honor that man or woman because there's a high cost to stewarding the anointing of God. They've had to kill their flesh. They didn't go where other people were going. They chose to forgive when it was hard to forgive. They chose to give mercy, come on, whenever they could have withheld it because they know that they received it. Come on, there's all kinds of things. So this aspect of living in a supernatural lifestyle, guys, is recognizing that you're going to have critics and you're going to have opposition. Come on, man. That it's going to be that it's going to be sometimes hard to maintain. That we're going to have to we're going to have to humble ourselves, and ultimately that we've got to learn to steward our lives better. Because it is ever what it is, guys. It, it is truly in every moment of the day pursuit of Jesus. Jesus, I want you. I need you. And then Jesus, how do I handle this? Help me through this, Jesus. Everything. I'm locked eyes with them. I'm locked eyes with them. I'm locked eyes with them. Everything. I'm locked eyes with them. I'm locked eyes with them. I'm locked eyes with them. Come on. Everything. 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 When the TV's on, I'm locked eyes. When the computer's on, I'm locked eyes. Come on. When I'm dealing with people, I'm locked eyes with Jesus. Again, that's one of the most beautiful supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit after the birth of the church is how they all lived in community with one another. It's supernatural. You cannot put that many people together in the natural and them not fight and bicker. Because you know they got their feelings hurt. You know they got offended. You know they were discouraged. You know all that stuff happened. But they were locked eyes with Jesus. Come on. I'm just saying, we need to broaden our horizon on what we think the supernatural looks like. Because maybe we, maybe when we begin to understand that the supernatural has more than it does to do with the heart, then, then, then sometimes the physical will begin to see more physical. Healings. Everybody good? Everybody say praise Jesus. Thank you for helping me there. You remember the story in Mark 9 when, um, when the father brings, brings his son to, to the disciples and uh, they couldn't cast the demon out of them. You guys remember that? There's such a powerful revelation in this. So I just feel like it's fitting just to sit here, but Jesus' disciples couldn't cast the demon out. So eventually then the Father just brings, brings a son to Jesus and 
<coughs> Jesus frees him. The boy gets delivered. <coughs> and the disciples later on ask Jesus, and they're like, why couldn't we do it? I mean, we, we were listening to what you said when you did it. We, we made notes and everything. Like we had a PowerPoint. We, were, we made sure not to say anything you didn't say, and, but exactly like we did this. Right? Why, could, why, couldn't we, why couldn't we do it, Jesus? And Jesus says this, which is so profound. He says, this kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, here's a note. In this particular scene, when Jesus cast that demon out of that boy, He neither fasted nor prayed in that moment. However, he fasted and prayed long before. You need to understand that what you're doing today is positioning you for tomorrow. You need to understand that how you're living today and the choices you make are positioning you for next week. Sometimes we just live in the moment. We think it's going to be okay. We truly don't understand the real cost. The real cost that we have to pay by our disobedience in a moment. By our lack of pursuit at times. Come on, man. So what we like to do is we like to just wait until, until there's a great need, right? Until, until someone's sick. Until something really bad happens. And then we just want to press in. But what if we just begin to understand that Jesus set an example that He did all this in advance because He knew it was going to be in front of Him. Come on, guys. So this is what He's teaching. This is what He's really teaching His disciples here in, in, in this moment is that, that, that hey, there's, this is a lifestyle. This kind doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. And you can't go up to some sometime. You're going to be put in a zip position where there's a need for the kingdom of God to be released in that moment. And you're going to be like, I'm going to tell you what, let's schedule an appointment for next Thursday at 2 o'clock. Come in my office because I'm going to need to um, get my heart ready. i got some things I need to repent over. I need to call a few people and forgive because I don't want that lingering over me. And then I'm going to try to fast three meals. And then... I think God will show up. Like that's not the lifestyle that He called us to. He called us to the lifestyle that Paul lived with such intimacy with the King of glory and so full of the Holy Spirit and obedience and purity and holiness that power just flowed out of Him everywhere that He went, guys. He was always ready in the moment for people to be set free. The kingdom was released out of Him everywhere. The atmospheres changed when Paul walked in the room because what he did yesterday yesterday because what he did last week because the time that he spent getting alone with the king of glory in the secret place and God says that what you do in secret he will be a rewarder of you in public come on thank you Jesus I'm having a real hard time figuring out how many of you are mad right now I'm all in I'm all in I'm all in Jesus I'm all in you can kill all my flesh. Whatever desire that I have, God, that's not of You, take it away in Jesus' name. Any desire that I have, God, that's not of You, take it away in Jesus' name. I want to feed on what You want to feed me, God. I want nothing but You flowing in me and out of me in Jesus' name. I want to walk in purity, come on, and in holiness and be a willing vessel for Your power to flow through in Jesus' name. 
Purify my mind. Purify my heart. Purify my eyes. Purify my, purify my ears. Purify my intentions. Purify my emotions. Purify my feelings, O oh God. God, awaken in me a heart for You, God. Help me to love as You love, God. I pray for an awakening of the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for, for, for supernatural demonstration of the Holy Spirit in my life of self-control. How about that? How about the church? I mean, everybody's like, what do you want to see happen? Man, I, want to see, I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see limbs grow out. Like, I want to see, I want to see the unusual. Don't you want to see the unusual? But I'm going to tell you, one of the most supernatural, unusual things that you'll see happen is the glory of God fall upon someone in one moment that so wrecks them on a road where they don't want to do anything else from that moment but please Jesus with every ounce within them. Come on, man. Like, that's what happened to Paul. Oh my God, let that happen to me. Manifest. Oh, I, want, I, want, I, want to, I want to see the supernatural activity of self-control manifested in me. <laughs> but come on. Everybody wants to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. How many of you want to pray for the supernatural gifting of self-control? Amen? Hey, God. All right, I, may, I think I may just be being a little too much for you guys today. How many of you want to see God move? The point in Mark 9 is that Jesus possessed the spiritual bank, of, bank account to make a withdrawal of power because he has previously spent time preparing through prayer and fasting. He was able to, to flow in power publicly because he spent time with the Father privately. Help us, Jesus. Amen? Prayer and fasting was a lifestyle. So he's always ready for ministry. Listen to me. The key is stewarding intimacy with the Lord. Amen? Because this is where the anointing flows. Out of intimacy. And out of intimacy is going to flow purity. It's going to flow holiness. And then the rest of those things follow after that. It's about being so full of His presence that at any moment we can lead someone into relationship with Him. That in any moment we can pray for healing. That any moment we can cast out a demonic spirit. We don't have to schedule an appointment for three weeks later to get ourselves ready. But we're walking daily, every go, ready for the kingdom of God to be released out of us. And as you're living that way, there's like this spirit of expectation that is upon you for God to do the miraculous. Amen? The question is, because again, I'm talking about how it requires stewarding. The question is, what level of inconvenience would you endure to host a greater anointing on your life? I'm going to ask it again because it's a good question. What level of inconvenience would you endure to host a greater anointing of His presence on your life? Purity and power. Amen? Steward this supernatural lifestyle. This is just the truth. I'm just going to be honest with you about this. And this, this, is, why, this, is, why, again, this is why I feel like, like some, a sustaining, sustaining a supernatural lifestyle is so hard because the cost of stewarding it's hard. Because we're dying to our flesh all the time. And let's just be honest with you. We like our flesh. So to be honest with you, it's easier to adopt a lifestyle of lack rather than to steward our lives for spiritual increase. I'm praying and believing in this body, come on man, that we're willing to pay whatever price we need to be able to pray to steward for the increase of the Kingdom of God in purity and in power in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on. 
Living in supernatural is hard work. It requires you to pursue God with a never-ending passion. So this is kind of where I want to land at. I'm going to pray over you. You may be thinking, why is, why is, why is all this so important? I mean, let's just get people saved. And, um, you know, in which we need to. Let's just get people saved. Let's make sure they stay saved. And let's just, uh, let's just keep the church together and get in until Jesus comes back kind of thing. And let's just focus on the things that, that don't get us uncomfortable. Let's focus on the things that we, you know, that we can make sure that we agree on. And, um, I just ask one question. Do you look like Jesus? The only thing I really care about, does the church look like Jesus? Because the church doesn't look like Jesus, then I don't want to be a part of that church. I'm just being real with you. Does it look like Jesus? Is it acting like Jesus? This is a question I'm asking. So then you got to think, okay, all right, what does the New Testament say that Jesus came to do? That's probably an important thing to build the answer, right? If we want to look like Jesus, then what does the New Testament say that Jesus came to do? Let me help you out. Yes, it's coming. You ready? It says that he, he came to preach, teach, and heal the sick, Matthew 4.23. It says that He came to seek and save the lost, Luke 19 and 10. It says that He came to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3 and 8. Come on! Like this is, this is what Jesus, this is what they say Jesus came to do. And then we're asking ourselves, do we look like Jesus? Because if these are the things He came to do, then you can also go back into the New Testament and find the very Scriptures of seeing that Jesus did do everything that He came to do. So not, not only did He come to do it, but He did it. So now where are we at? If people come into the church, do they say, hey, do you look like Jesus? Do you act like Jesus? What's different with you group of people than the group of people in the world that I hang out with? A lot of times they're nicer. That wasn't a joke. A lot of times they're more forgiving than the people in the church. So we've got to ask ourselves, like, truly, 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 what's it look like to walk like Jesus, to live like Jesus? We see why He came. We see what He did. And then, and then we've got to be like, okay, then what does the Scripture say that He told His disciples to do? This is what He did. This is why He came. This is what He did. And then now He tells His disciples to do what? Preach the Gospel. Teach. Heal the sick. Cast out demons, seek and save the lost, and destroy the works of the devil. Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 1 through 8. Go in there and read it, guys. It's the Word of God. It's what He says. Then we have the great commission to go ye into all the world to preach the Gospel. We've got the Scripture that I read earlier at the beginning in Matthew where Jesus says, greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. We've got the Scripture in Acts that says, wait right here and you'll, receive, and you'll be endued with power so that you can be my witness. And then we have the birth of the church. Then we see the supernatural activity of the church living in love and unity and growing and learning and increasing and unusual signs and wonders God did through their hands. We have all of this stuff right in front of us. The enemy wants to keep you distracted. 
He wants to keep you in pain. He wants to keep you hurt. He wants to keep you in shame. He wants to keep you offended. He wants to keep you from forgiving. Come on. He wants to keep you offended. Again, two wings. Purity and power. The enemy will always be attacking one of those two things in your life. Because once one of them are affected, you're just going to fly in circles. Guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. Come on, God. Purity and power. Everybody say purity and power. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And when Jesus had called His twelve disciples to Him, He gave them power over unclean to cast them out. To heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He commissioned them to do the same works that He was doing. And He gave them power to do it. Acts 15 and 12 says, And then, then, then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Paul and Barnabas declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. I'm just reading the Scripture to you guys. Every believer who is filled with the Holy Spirit is filled with a power that exceeds human limitations. It's supernatural. Like we have the, we have the privilege, guys, of hosting the presence of God. It's a supernatural lifestyle. I'm learning to host the presence of God. Everything I do. It's beautiful what you do in church. It's beautiful what you do in front of the people that you want to have a certain image of. But I'm telling you, God's calling us to this place of purity and power that is supernatural, of living out a lifestyle, of understanding one of the greatest supernatural gifts that we have, guys, is to host His presence. Everywhere we go, we host it. We can host His glory. We carry His glory upon us. Paul carried His glory upon him. Paul carried His glory upon him. His glory saturated into His clothes, into His handkerchief, into the apron. It was so full of the glory of God that, that, that even the clothing that He was in, even what He was so full of the glory of God as a carrier of the King of glory that when He walked down the road, His shadow, His shadow would fall upon someone and they would be healed. That's an unusual miracle. We would doubt that today in the church. We would flip through all the Scripture to try to find out if there's another example of that happened. I don't know if you've caught on, but I just feel like there's a cry inside my spirit for them. I think about these young people going to camp, and I'm like, God, this is going to sound wrong. I'm just warning you. I'm like, God, I don't want them to experience church. I don't want them to experience the limitation of church. Not yet, anyway. I want him to limp. If no one else is crying at the altars for four hours one night, I want such a freedom to rest on those young people or just one of them that they'll lay there and just cry in the Spirit of God for four hours up until wee hours of them. I just pray for such a freedom of the Spirit to rest upon them and such a hunger for God to arise within them as they begin to feel the unction of the Holy Spirit begin to cry and pray through them that they'll forget about who's standing next to them, how it looks like, how it sounds like. They'll just begin to allow God to flow out of them and all of a sudden they'll spend an hour at that altar just praying in the Holy Ghost not even knowing how it happened. Come on somebody. I just want the more of God. I want our sons and daughters. My grandbabies are all here today, except for little Oliver. And it's like, guys, I just want my grandbabies to be raised in a house where they're coming in thinking, I wonder what unusual thing's going to happen today. 
They're going to be inviting their friends and on the way they're going to be saying, now let me tell you something real quick before we get in there. This isn't going to be like grandma's church. There's going to be some unusual things that happen today and I am not going to be able to explain them to you. You're just going to have to see the evidence and trust God. Come on, somebody. I just wonder what would happen if just five of I'm preaching to a whole congregation and I'm here to tell you, man, God operates in the power of agreement and in unity. And I'm just hoping maybe somewhere in here today, I'm stirring up five other people that would come next Sunday with me expecting God to show up in a supernatural way and heal hearts and heal minds and heal bodies and break off sin and addiction. I'm telling you, for an awakening in our young people, I believe teenagers are going to encounter God in such a way that the very things that have entangled them will be broken off of them. And just as Paul was walking down the road this way, there was an immediate turn of direction and he went this way and he never even thought about turning back because there was nothing on that old journey that compared to anything worth the glory of God that rested upon him. I am crying out for our young people and our old people and our grandmas and our grandpas. I'm crying out for our men to get up out of your seats and begin to worship unhindered. I'm praying for you to begin to operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost and begin to release the kingdom of God. Understand that I'm talking about the body of Christ, not the church. I believe there's a day coming when you will go out these doors and operate in such a power of supernatural purity and power that you will change the atmospheres where you go. People are going to be saved in great numbers. Bodies are going to be healed that were not supposed to be healed. You're going to go be the church, and then you're going to bring them into the church, and all we're going to have time to do is baptisms and testimonies from the miracles that happened that week. And then faith, because faith cometh by hearing. Then we're going to go out. And that next week, more healings. More. Some of you are like, Pastor Scott, we've been waiting for that for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I prayed. I fasted. I interceded. I didn't see it. I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. I just want to live church right now. I just want to wait to get to heaven. Come on. I was there when no one else was there. No one else got as hungry as I did. So I just ended up drinking. I'm here to awaken someone here today, man. For the power of God and the desire for the supernatural and the death of your flesh. Because the supernatural is power and it's purity. And God's awakening and releasing them both. Can someone in here give God praise? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So praise Jesus. You get a break from me next week. But i got a feeling she's... Not She's not going to be any easier. Release the fire of God. Step up there unhindered. Hear the voice of God this week, Rhonda. Hear the heart of God. He knows exactly what we're supposed to have. I believe there won't be one word spoken and one word not spoken that's not coming straight from the heart of God. I believe it's going to take us and move us and shift us and lift us into where God wants us to be. He's going to release His heart and this church will be changed by it. It's all part of His plan. It's part of the next step. And aren't we blessed that God did great works through us and we just to be His hands like Paul. 
What a blessing. Come on, someone. Amen? Amen. All right. And we're going to dig in, so don't be here for a while. Going to, I don't know how long, 6, 8, 18. We'll see. Probably until we start seeing supernatural evidence of purity and power. How about that? Amen? How many of you are a little bit more hungry now than you left? I'm not talking about your flesh. How many of you are more hungry? Amen. Do I have five or six people that will come expecting the unusual next week? <laughs> Stand up and uh, let me pray. Whew. Amen. Hey, Pastor Jim, will you just uh, make a sound? Just a single sound, Jim. No notes, just a... Amen. Break it open. I can feel His glory. How many feel His glory? How many can feel the glory of God? I can feel the glory of God. You feel His glory? You feel His heart? You feel that awakening? Can you feel it? That desire, the passion. But you know, in the midst of all that, it's the love of God. Aren't you glad that He loves us so much? Aren't you glad that He's such a good Father that in our weakness, He's there saying, come on, man, there's so much more for you. See, He's not here to discipline anyone today. He's not here to make anyone one, one roll around in shit. He's just here to say, come on, son and daughter, I'm ready if you're ready. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. I'm going I'm to purity, purity and power, purity and power, purity and power, supernatural. I want to free you and I want to stir you up. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Amen. So let's pray together. Let's just pray together. I just ask you to invite you to, I don't care, put your hand over your heart, hold your hands out, kneel, lay down, do something, and just receive. I'm going to pray purity right now. I'm going to play purity. Ready? Ready? God, we just cry out right now. We cry out right now for the supernatural, the supernatural gifting of deliverance and healing and walking in your righteousness and becoming holy God because you're holy God. We repent. We repent, God, for our laziness. We repent, God, for for our uh, uh, spirit of compromise, of just trying to live safe, being just good enough to get to heaven, but not operating in the anointing, God. We repent of the things that we've allowed in, God. We lay our sin and our flesh and our heart at your feet and we say, God, burn your righteousness in me, God. Awaken purity in my heart, God. I lock eyes with you, God, and I declare that my ears and my eyes and my mouth and my heart belong to you, God. Lord, I need your healing, God. I need your healing in my heart, God. I need the pain to go away. I need the hurt to go away. God, I give it to you. I choose mercy and I choose grace. God, awaken my expectation and my hunger for more of you, God. Stir within me, God, such a desire for more of you that if I'm only one that goes, then I'm the only one that goes. God, let it burn so much in me, God, that everything that this world has to hold, God, is just meaningless compared to hosting your glory hosting your glory. 
So I declare purity over this house right now. I declare pure minds and clean hands and pure hearts in Jesus' name right now, God. I declare right now that intentions are changing. I declare right now that that desires are changing, God. And not only are you taking bad desires and bad intentions away, but, but you're awakening your intentions in us, God. And you're awakening your desires in us, oh God. Set us free. Break off every demonic spirit that has held your church captive. In the name of Jesus, be free right now for the glory of God. And Father, as we walk and live in purity and in holiness and we pursue you, God, I give you my yes as a vessel for your power to flow through God. Open up our hearts. God, release your glory. Release your glory. As we leave here today, God, may we go in revelation that we're not just men and women, but God, this life isn't even about us, God. Lord, I am a vessel for your glory to be released out of. I am a carrier of your glory. I'm an instrument of your glory. I'm your representative. I am your ambassador, God. May we go, God, with that mindset and reflect your glory. Awaken a heart of fire in us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. Love you. Love you. Love. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.